I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, it's a pleasure to be able to bring you some incredible conversations. And it's been lovely to be able to start these new live podcasts where we've been able to interact and you can comment and ask questions as we go through. So do check those out on the YouTube channel, which is at Education on Fire 5530. Now, today I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Nack Roy. Now, Shawnak founded Yellowdig in 2015. It's a community-driven, active and experimental learning platform. It's now used by hundreds of thousands of students of all ages and backgrounds in the US and around the world. Shawnak graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering from IIT Bombay and completed his graduate studies at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Prior to founding Yellowdig, Shawnak spent a decade advising global companies on technology, strategy and growth. And as with all of my podcasts, it's one thing to look at a website, it's one thing to to see something written down, but it's really the stories in the background and that conversation which I love. So I really hope you enjoy this, my conversation with Seanak Roy. Hi, Seanak. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I think the idea of education and how it can naturally morph and grow into something which is more relevant and more um, adaptable for students in the here and now I think is something which is really exciting and something which I'm delighted to be able to share so so first of all thanks very much for being here and, and take us into you know yellow dig and and exactly what it is and, and, and how you sort of started developing it yeah no Mark so thanks for the invitation excited to be here and have this conversation uh, so Yellowdig is a company that I founded uh, back in 2015. I've been this is my eighth year running the company. Um, it is uh, a technology platform uh, that we license to colleges and universities, high schools, corporate training to make learning that they deliver more joyful, uh, active, and engaging. Um, so that's what we do. Um, you know, as you know, a um, lot of uh, you know, institutions are looking for ways to make the learning more engaging, especially as uh, learning is more moving towards online and hybrid pretty rapidly around the globe. Um, and uh, technology is something that uh, most, uh, you know, teachers as well as students are starting to realize is core in terms of delivering the next generation of learning experiences. So we are kind of in the middle of it right now. And I think, like I say, the being in the middle of it is the exciting thing, isn't it? Because you're never quite sure exactly where it's going to sort of catch fire or where it where it's going to morph. But um, from, from my understanding, it, it, I guess the best way to describe it is that sense of we understand social media platforms in whichever one that we happen to use and that we're doing. This is a way of of having that concept of having people being able to engage um, in, in that same kind of way, but it's then that kind of academic and, and education focus within a kind of a sort of a ring fenced idea, like say, because of the license. 
Yes, exactly. So, you know, social media has kind of taken over the world in many ways. Um, you know, platforms like TikTok or Facebook has been there for a while and, you know, LinkedIn, even for professional people. Um, you know, we cannot argue the, the impact of those platforms in driving engagement where people are using it all the time and how many hours we are spending on social media on a daily basis. The question comes twofold, which is, can we use similar models in teaching and learning? where the students are naturally engaged. And the second part is that, how does it benefit in learning? Um, and these are the two questions I started the company with. And you know, we are kind of still in that path of exploring and finding and you know, solving that problem. And I think for me, having been in many presentations and, and things, the two things go hand in hand, except what's what traditionally seems to be happening is that there's a fantastic presentation going on and there are people using their social media to send it out to the people that aren't there. <laughs> it's that kind of, I'm telling you what I'm experiencing now and I'm kind of sort of spreading that message. Um, and what I loved about what it is that you're sort of creating is the sense that there's almost like this sense of community within the environment that you're that you're there. So for example, if you're in a lecture, you know, you've been able to ask questions and, and have a discussion with the people in the room while this is going on. And I think that's... Um, that's such a great way of being able to sort of draw people together and also to get more out of of what's going on, which sometimes can be very much a kind of, a, you know, you're telling me something and it maybe there might be Q&A at the end or maybe there might be something else, but it's much more organic and much more of a conversation, like say, in this modern age. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, to your point, I mean, if you are sitting in a classroom or any sort of a lecture environment and you're saying like you're tweeting at people who are not in that environment, which is great, like you're spreading the word, but how many people you're interacting in that group itself? Like, you know, if you look at a classroom, only, you know, five to 10% of the students are able to raise their hands and have a conversation in that environment. What about the remaining 90, 95% students? So uh, what we do essentially in Yellowdig is not only create the opportunity for the students to interact with one another in that synchronous environment, but also use the asynchronous time when they're not together, they're in their dorms or their houses or their work to be able to connect with one another and discuss things that they've been learning together in that classroom or the next classroom where they're going to be part of. Um, so I think, you know, social media or um, ways of interaction, technologies has been there you know, discussion board, for example, has been there for a long time. And, you know, you can, you know, potentially create a Facebook or a Twitter group and have that conversation. But as you know, it's hard to manage. Uh, sometimes we don't know whether it's working or not working. And, you know, those kind of questions we answer in our platform. And I guess the other thing that you can do with it is you can have that that sort of interaction with the person delivering a lecture or a class, for example, as well, because if they're involved in that conversation, they might not want to stop their flow every two moments um, in order to answer something or, or, or just to suddenly see a comment, but they can actually then sort of filter it, understand it, see it and bring it in and out of their discussion at a time that suits them, which I guess sort of makes the, the, the whole thing much more engaging and much more kind of personal in, in some respect. Absolutely. So, you know, learning doesn't have to stop when the lecture is over. And in my mind, actually, learning often starts when the lecture is over because you have absorbed the information that you wanted, you know, maybe in a lecture or watching a video. And true learning happens when you start to apply that knowledge, either through discussions or ideation or bringing related topics around it to really make sense out of what you learn. And that's where learning happens to a, lot, you know, to a large extent. Um, and technology can be used. So like you cannot be in a classroom for 24 hours, 
it's just not possible. You know, it's very expensive. People have to you know, travel. They have to, you know, go through all sorts of anxieties to speak up. And there's so many, com- you, know, com- you, know, you know, complexities in that kind of a physical environment. But digitally, people are a lot more natural. They can take their time to respond. Like, let's say you ask a question. I can take not three minutes, but 30 minutes to answer it if I wanted. Um, and that kind of really opens up a lot of ways of communicating. Some people are good at typing. Some people are good at recording a short video and responding. Some people are much more kind of you know, listening and then kind of respond that way. So using those multi-sensory ways of interacting with one another can open up a lot of ways people can engage with one another. So I think um, the possibilities are all there today. Uh, the matter is actually designing that system in a way so that it works efficiently in a learning environment. Yeah, so take us into that in terms of, of what the platform does. You sort of mentioned the different ways of communicating and all of that. What does that look like and, and how does that sort of interaction work from a user's point of view? Yeah, so the way Yellowdick works is it's uh, integrated into existing learning management systems. So as you know, most colleges, universities, schools use some sort of a system where all the students are together, where they see their homework or um, they answer their assignments. Um so we make it easier for the students and even for the teacher to click a button and just get into this yellow environment, which is fully web-based. Um, you know, you can access it in a, in a web browser as well as in a mobile device. So it's easy to access, the first point. The second thing we do is that it's not completely unmanaged, which is it's not where you feel and go interact if you feel like, or um, you, know, you can talk about anything. People can talk about things that are completely irrelevant, right? That's possible, uh, which can happen sometimes in social media. So in our platform, it's designed where the instructor will create topics that they think would be interesting to talk about. And there is a way to organize those topics so that students kind of go through a flow of discussions through the course. Um, And uh, we also create incentives where students can actually, you know, bring in content, bring in discussion items and get points for that. Um, It's almost like raising your hand in the classroom. So you ask a question and say, hey, who wants to answer? And nobody wants to raise their hands because everybody is kind of stressed out. Uh, we make it easy for the students so that, you know, you don't have to raise your hands in the class, but you can actually answer a question or you can uh, share a video or share something that you've been writing about or thinking about in the platform and on points for that. Um, It's all automated. So for the instructor, they don't have to really do much outside of kind of navigating the discussion so that they are are part of the community. They're not the grader who gives you a grade, but they actually, you know, engage in the conversation uh, look at the data, see who is engaging, who is not engaging. Um, then also kind of think about ways to kind of create incentives, like giving them accolades or badges to kind of incentivize high quality conversation um, and things like that. So, so they're more of, you know, they're more like an ideal citizen in that little community uh, as an instructor. And the students are kind of engaging and kind of really bringing it towards their passion uh, that they're excited about. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I say, because of the license, this is, the, the people that will have access, say, to that thread from that particular lecture or that particular class, that's managed by the person that sets that up. Is, is that right? And it's only then it's only sort of um, usable in, and part of, of those people that have, have been given access to that particular part. Exactly. So the instructor will set it up and it's very easy. It takes about like, you know, literally 10, 15 minutes to kind of set that community up where they have to set up the rules for earning points. Um, because, you know, depending on the course, you might def- decide to give certain different types of uh, ways of earning points, and I can get into that. Uh, they also create the badges or accolades where, depending on certain behavior the student shows, they can earn those accolades, and th- those also earn points for them. 
Um, and they also look at the dashboards. So one of the critical things to them is to see um, which students are actually contributing and which students are not contributing so that they can actually reach out to them and say, hey, you know, how can I help you? Um, so all of that doesn't take too much work. Most of the work is done by the system, by our software. Um, and the instructor, what we say is that the majority of the work is to actually engage with the students. Like I took give an example, right? I mean, how does it work where um, the way the point system is designed is to give the students incentive to come and share. Um, you know, let's say we are in a chemistry class, right? We are discussing uh, gases, like, you know, how various, like it's an organic chemistry class. Um, a student would share something like, you know, hey, I was drinking Coke this morning and suddenly this idea came in mind that I was wondering what creates the fizziness in Coke. By the way, it's carbon dioxide that we were discussing in the last class. Um, and that's a contribution by a student. Another student might jump in and say, you know what, by the way, it also has, uh, you know, like phosphoric acid because that creates a tartness, for example, right? So what we essentially do in these platforms is not only just ask each other questions and answers, which is obviously happens in these platforms or make introductions, but also create opportunities for deeper learning where students are sharing examples from their real life, things that they're working on or reading about and connecting that to what they're learning. Uh, like the example of a Coke, and it, it really helps them to make sense of what they learn, which is how we really drive deeper learning um, uh, in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes real world, doesn't it? And it becomes very much part of who you are and what you're doing. And, and I think I think what I like the most about this is the fact that you're in a position where not only are you learning what you have to learn, you know, you're in a class, you're covering the curriculum and the topics you've got to do. And not only are you able to kind of put, like, say, your personal view on that, but it's so organic in terms of how you can then do it because like you might have a great idea but oh i can't ask that question or i can't mention it like you say at that particular time or you might just be sort of chewing the cud later on with somebody and something appears to you and you want to share that and to i think for the positivity for that to be um given like say the accolades or the points or however it's set up is really really good because i know certainly from my experience from my own kids and and and, and in some of my teaching sometimes they don't want to put their hand up. They don't want to put their head above the parapet. They kind of feel like they should know everything already. And I think to change the perception in the environment of that we're sharing more stuff and we can gain more stuff. And and I want to know either what your questions are or that you found this interesting or that you've come from it from a different angle that you want to share with other people. And that's a really positive thing. That, I think, changes the perception of, of what young people often feel is what learning is all about. And I think there, there's real sort of structural change in terms of, of what education is. And I think that's a very exciting prospect. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head there, which is, you know, people are by nature, you know, creative and they want to share things. I mean, a lot of the times we hear from instructors is that my students don't want to share anything. They don't want to say, they just want to sit there and all they want is an exercise. They have to get done. They just need to know when it is to be done. Like Sunday night at 12 midnight, you have to submit your assignment. And unless I tell my students exactly what they have to do, they're not going to engage with it because they're not interested. They just need to know. And there is a predominant kind of narrative in education now where we view learners as somebody who has to be, you know, taught what to do and just transfer the information to them through a lecture or through a video and then do an assessment so that they have learned that topic. Um, and anything more is not going to work because my students are not interested. I mean, that's the predominant narrative sometimes we hear. But it's interesting if you give them the right environment, 
where they're not under stress. You're not forcing somebody to say something in 30 seconds in a classroom, but you are actually giving them more time to think about it, but you're actually creating an opportunity for them to share something based on their point of view, which could be very different, by the way. Like somebody's thinking about a Coke bottle. Somebody might be thinking about looking at the air, like, you know, what is air made of? Somebody might actually go and, you know, do some studies in a factory, say, oh, this chimney has some other gases maybe, right? So people will bring their own life experiences to that environment and start to connect the dots uh, from their point of view. People, meaning the students, is where I, we believe learning truly happens. Um, and it's actually very easy. Like one of the biggest things that we find and we hear from our instructors is that even if they doubt if that's not going to work, like for the first week or two, when they started a course, with week three, week four, we get emails from them saying that, oh my God, we did not know, or I did not imagine, my student had so much to say, only if we give them the opportunity. Um, and um, and it, it reduces time for the instructor, because the model is different now, that you're not really creating things, but you're really actually encouraging people to talk about things that they should care about. Um, so it's a win-win for, 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 for the students and for the instructors, but it changed a shift in thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like I say that, that the model is different. So therefore the way you can perceive it and the way you can go about setting it from what you're trying to deliver or, or more importantly, the environment you're trying to deliver that in changes. And I, I was just thinking specifically during when we were in lockdown, um, certainly my kids were here um, doing what they had to do. You know, everyone remembers that situation, but they were surrounded by devices where they were chatting to their friends. You know, they had their social network around, you know, talking about what they were doing, plus the personal stuff as well, but they were connected. So I think what you set up has been happening, but this gives it real intensity and real purpose because actually the things they're going to share on 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 yellow dick and, and what they're going to be able to to be able to do is going to be relevant to the things that they're studying so whether they're asking questions because they need a bit of support or whether they've noticed something which they can just share in that kind of social media oh i'm, I'm you know i'm just telling you stuff because that's what we do and that's what we're used to doing this is part of our world and our environment but like you say all those snippets of things which a class teacher or an educator would never get to see or hear they've suddenly really get an in-depth in idea of, of that knowledge of that understanding of where they're coming from a, a certain amount of history and and how they're re they're relating to their peers as well which must just really be able to sort of take it to a whole different dimension yeah no absolutely and you know one thing around you know students creating their own groups like whatsapp groups or any other discord channels and discussing with one another that's happening right absolutely right if you see any kid up they are part of like 10 different discords or 10 different whatsapp groups depending on where they are one of the challenges um in these groups though and we kind of know it quite well is that not it's not very inclusive sometimes you know i mean just the very nature of young people you know there are social dynamics at play you know, sometimes they might exclude some of their friends saying that, oh, I don't know them as much, right? I mean, I only know these five people because we are neighbors together and I don't know those five people because they stay in you know, other part of the town and I don't want to be friends with them. Maybe something else going on in those groups. Like, so there are a lot of social pressures that happen and the, the unfortunate uh, issue with those groups sometimes is that people get excluded, right? Some kids will get excluded, especially the ones you want to include because those ones probably are not as social by nature, maybe something going on in their homes or something else happening. Um, and that is the unfortunate reality of modern social media. It's not very inclusive. It's actually by design very exclusive, depending on who is creating them. Uh, 
it does have does have positive impacts because any connection is valuable, but it's not very inclusive in terms of everybody's included. But if, if, but if it's part of a design of a learning environment where the instructor, the teacher is actually creating that group and creating very simple rules around it, which is you're expected to engage with one another and you're expected to share knowledge with one another. And that's kind of part of your design. What ends up happening is that those students who would otherwise not engage, or they would not join a discord channel with their friends, or they don't have those friends for whatever reason would start to participate would start to actually view each other's content and they will get pulled pulled in. And we have seen it in this data, like one of the, you know, we have done over 12 uh, peer review studies with our partners. And one of the things we see again and again is those students who are at risk by any definition, either they're not engaging or not finishing the programs or some, they're like, you know, disadvantaged from their demographic, you know, profiles. They actually benefit the most in these kind of communities because they get pulled in and they actually build the confidence and they are, they engage more than otherwise. Like, very often the teachers will tell us is that for this one kid, I've never heard him speak for whatever reason. He would never speak. He would never engage. But in Yellowdig, I hear him so much because for whatever reason, he feels comfortable because it's, it's all the kids are there, right? There's no like social pressure in terms of kind of, oh, why are you part of this community? It is actually by design for your learning has a huge advantage, uh, you know, over any other social platforms. Yeah, no, I can, I can really see that. It, ma- it makes so much sense. And I think also it goes a little bit back to like how you how you like to sort of engage with people. Like you said, we talked about video or text or however that happens to be. And so I guess what this does is that, you know, like I said, you have the inclusivity and you do have the opportunity to be able to engage. And then people can do it in a way which is going to make the most difference. <laughs> I know our daughter, you know, loves memes you know she comes with all sorts of hilarious things that come but the communication is there and it's immediate and it's something they want to do is like say whatever it happens to be a short video a piece of text a comment whatever it whatever it is and so you you get a sort of a personality i guess and and, and a kind of like say more intrinsic interactions which kind of gives you that information which is then going to help you like say to take that next step if you need to have a conversation um if you need to set work in a different way if, if you want to sort of say highlight somebody who might be at risk in in, like saying whichever form that happens to be you can kind of probably understand how that works and make those makes those challenges make those changes or 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 have a conversation much earlier on than than you would do before when it would have to be some kind of sort of traditional intervention yeah no and nobody likes it you know when somebody says that hey you have a problem because for whatever reason if it's much more natural where somebody's not part of a community and then you kind of reaching out to them hey join this group because there's a lot of fun happening here there's going to be a lot of interaction that is a much easier intervention than telling that oh your scores are low or something like that which is by the way <laughs> happens at the end of the course right so it doesn't help yeah. as much as well now one other thing i'll kind of want to mention here in terms of like giving that optionality like for the students to express themselves in a variety of ways uh, you know, recently one of our uh, users, uh, she teaches uh, Russian language uh, in a university in the US where the kids are learning how to speak in Russian. Um, and uh, one of the things she did in Yellowdig is that ask them to create content in Russian language. They can write something, they can make a little video or uh, they can, you know, record themselves, say something, just whatever they're comfortable with. And uh, what the students started doing was they started creating these small skits where they will make little videos where they are going in a cab and they're talking in Russian or they're making a fun little skit where they're having some funny interactions with one another. It's almost like TikTok 
where you would have to create a little interesting video for others to kind of really pay attention to. And they were doing very similar things um, in, in Yellow Dig. And, uh, and it was, you know, she wrote a blog about it and shared with us and we were fascinated by the kind of innovation that students actually do when they are, have the optionality in terms of, you know, how they can engage, uh, you know, with the instructor, with the peer group and things like that. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me a little bit about the whole idea of gamification in learning. It's that sense of children don't mind failing because when they're, when they're doing a game, they fail over and over and over again. But there's something about the environment and their ability to feel comfortable in a game environment where that's just part of the process. You know, I'm learning all the time. I'm excited. I get to the next level. I get to the next stage. And you'll spend hours doing that. So different than that kind of, I got that question wrong. It's like completely game over. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want anyone to tell me about that. So it's not actually the 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 philosophies behind it necessarily it's the way that it comes across and so from what you've been explaining it's what we're bringing in here is is the world that children and, and young people know and love and want to engage in and making it part of like say what was a, a more stale or formal situation and then you know the world is their oyster then because like i say they can express themselves in a way and with the confines and 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 the structure set up by you means that and the teachers it just means that they can express themselves and probably show much more than they would ever be able to do, even if they were an in inverted commas a traditionally very good student, because there's so much more breadth there in terms of how they can express themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I mean, we are a big uh, proponent of game-based learning, and in in our platform, uh, we have designed it, keeping that in mind in terms of kind of creating that interesting wins and losses. Uh, throwing points uh, where they on points on a weekly basis, where they can fall behind a week but they can you know, earn those points back in the next week. But if they fall beyond a certain level, they cannot get back. So there are very interesting incentives for them to come back repeatedly. Um, and, and we know it works uh, because you know, we know for a fact like kids love games. Um, if only we can use those kind of emotions into education, I think education would be transformed very easily. Um, Absolutely. And it's all a stepping stone, isn't it? And I think that's, that's the great thing I love about these conversations is that you can sort of see how, you know, the magic wand scenario is great. We'd like it to look differently, but it is what it is. And there's a whole load of moving parts or not so moving parts, which I guess is the problem. But within that, we can start to see how all this sort of innovation and, and understanding is really making a making a big difference. And I suppose we should we should talk. You sort of mentioned there the Russian sort of um, element of it. I mean, this is something which you can integrate in into many different countries, into different languages and, and sort of tell us all who it's available for, because obviously as, as a US based company, that doesn't mean anything anymore in terms of, of how the world works. Yeah, no, for sure. So in terms of internationalization, I would say 90% of the colleges, universities using us are in the US. We work with over 150 universities now and schools and you know, some companies too. Um, internationally, we have grown in Australia and Singapore and India. We have kind of, you know, growing presence there. Um, you, if you uh, want to try us, um, you can always just go to our website, which is yellowdick.co and, you know, write to us. There's a way to contact us there and we will make it available to your, um, your country. As long as you have internet connection, you can use us, essentially. Uh, the only other complexity is data privacy, where uh, some countries have regulations around where the data resides based on educational content. So we have um, capacity in our servers to actually host locally in that region. Um, so we have been doing this for multiple regions now. So yeah, I mean, that's another part of the conversation. And yeah, our goal is to make it available to as many countries as possible. 
and you sort of mentioned it sort of sits within sort of platforms that um, schools and organisations are using already. Does it sort of sit within it independently because you've got your servers and the, the setup? It doesn't integrate with it. It, it, it. Like I say, it sort of works hand in hand. Is that is that sort of a fair assumption? Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, the integration is more from a user flow standpoint. So if the student is coming from any platform, a learning management system or a portal, we will integrate directly into the LMS or the portal so that it's always a one-click access. Uh, we are big on that. Uh, because as you know, students, anytime they have more than one or two clicks, they're not going to do it. So, uh, so <laughs> Exactly. It's uh, like being on so a different planet, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So so, uh, so that's the integration, but the backend is completely separate. So we host yeah. our servers. It's fully secure. We go through security reviews with our clients and um, you know all the regulations that we have to abide by. We, we do that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's so important for people to hear. I mean, I think there's an assumption now that that is always the case with with things that people are coming across in new, in new platforms they're doing. But of course, you never actually know. It's only like say being able to have these conversations and sort of and sort of share that that gives people peace of mind and and all of those sorts of things as they go through, which is incredibly important. Like I say, um, is there a teacher or uh, a school? experience that, that had an impact on, on your life and I'm always keen when people have sort of got into into education in, in whichever form that is whether that, that sort of had some influence in, in sort of how you've developed to, to where you've got to today yeah so that's a great question you know growing up a little bit about myself I grew up in India um, in a city called Calcutta and then I did my undergrad in engineering from Bombay which is another city uh, then I moved to the U.S. Uh, for my graduate studies in uh, in Boston and the Cambridge area. And then after that, I've been here. So I have had, um, you know, impact from in my learning journey from multiple, you know, types of environments. So, you know, kind of, you know, growing back in my when I was in my school and high school in Calcutta, I mean, one of the things I remember was that I was not one of those students who are the first benchers who are kind of really, you know, sitting in the first bench and taking copious notes. Uh, but I was one of those who are in the typically sitting in the back or sometimes I really enjoyed all my field trips. So I remember we had uh, a class where we had to go outside and actually practice things uh, physically, you know, do experiments as well as kind of be physically active too. Is probably the most memorable thing if I look back. The other memorable thing I would say in my labs, um, I, I, I kind of took some very interesting things. I never kind of quite understood chemistry going on, but I remember those labs where we were mixing like various gases and seeing different colors. And for whatever reason, that's still in my memory. Uh, you know, those are different colors. I had no clue what they were, but I really enjoyed the, the, the fun part of mixing different things and getting different results. Uh, and that probably has uh, some impact in the, the philosophy that I have in terms of designing this platform, I would say, you know, over the years is, um, you know, I, I truly believe learning is by doing um, and, and doing doesn't have to be physical in this age. It could be digital, too, but it needs to have more of application of what we are learning into how we live our lives. So making more meaning out of it, making more sense out of it is probably what what I really enjoyed the most. And I think I'm trying to bring that to education as much as possible. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like I say, the things that work for you, the things that made you sort of sit up and go, ah, oh, there's something here. Even like I say, even if you're not quite sure what that is, you you know there's a difference between that environment and the one where you're 
like I say, switching off or not engaged in the same way. And um, and and it's always amazes me that sort of the parallels between that. And I really love it when it's not exactly the same thing. You know, it's not that kind of I knew I always had to be outside or I always needed to be physical. Like you say, being able to understand the more complex ideas of what that taking part and being involved in is, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating one. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Or is there a piece of advice now you might give your younger self uh, looking back? You know, so the younger self looking back, um, I would say something like, you know, the, the experience going through school and college sometimes is quite stressful. And I remember when I was going through my school experience, I was always quite stressed about exams. Um, and I grew up in a family where education was very highly regarded. Uh, and also in India, sometimes, you know, going through the, um, you know, if you are, I grew up in a middle class family and kind of social upliftment also has a lot to do with education. So I took it very seriously. But as a result, I was quite stressed about it as well. Uh, and then I went to some really good colleges, universities as a result of that. And, and that was also was a good experience, but I also took a lot of stress. So I would say my younger self is that probably, uh, you know, take less stress about things and really be engaged and involved in what we are learning. And if something we are not really good at or not, we are learning as much. And there's no, no issue in terms of not really doing well in some areas. It's fine because uh, later on in my life, I've realized is that success is more correlated with being really good at few areas and being okay in other areas. So we don't have to be really good at everything we do. I think, I think that kind of really creates undue stress in a lot of kids. Um, and including myself, um, you know, I, I think finding your joy and passion as much as possible and learning through and be a lifelong learner is probably the best, best thing that has worked for me, uh, you know, over the years. I think that's, I think that's so true. And I think it's, it's really hard. I think when you're in that learning environment is a, is a younger person, because of course, everyone that you're learning from wants you to be really engaged and really good at what they're doing <laughs> and um and, and our youngest daughter she's at that stage now where she's choosing her a-level so you know we've got this next thing so she's been doing eight or nine subjects at, at one level then she's got to choose three or so for the next level and there's so many of them are like well you can do chemistry you can do physics you can do this you can do french you can do gym and she, i kind of want to pick three and she's at that stage of kind of oh well i could do all of them but actually i'm going to go with the ones that i feel are going to be most suited to me and i, I know sometimes people have a you know a career pathway which means you want to take certain things but she's at that stage where she wants to just enjoy the things that she's learning and seeing how that develops but i think you have you have to have quite a good sense of yourself don't you like you say because Yes, you want to do well in, in everything, but within that, you, I think you do naturally get drawn to the things you're passionate about, the things which you're interested in. And that isn't to say you forget about the other things, but I think there is a, a mentality of being able to just let it go and just do the best you can with the time that you have, with the situation that you have and not to not to fret too much and i know that's like you say that's easier said than done but i think i think even understanding that just changes the perception of what that stress is and, and how you can sort of walk that path in a way that the lifelong learner idea i think is brilliant because it means that whatever you do today it can be different tomorrow or you can redo tomorrow what you did today or like say so you can forget about a whole situation or a whole subject that you did you do what you're doing today and then we take it wherever that leads afterwards. And, and that does, again, sort of freeze up that sort of stressful situation, I think, from, a, from an internal point of view. Yes, no, very well said. And I love the word joy. Because, you know, if our young students especially don't find joy in learning, they would not become lifelong learners. 
And so it's so important to kind of really gravitate to things that you're finding joy and doing it really well. If there is like one effort you want to put, and that's also easier to put because if you're truly enjoying that subject for whatever reason, um, you know, you're going to put the right amount of effort, maybe the right grades. But it's so important to find that early on because otherwise if you miss them and they don't really find that joy in learning, it's very hard to be kind of doing that forever because then it's going to be a stressful thing and you want to run away from as quickly as possible. And that's not a really good outcome. Yeah, exactly. You kind of put, you've kind of underlined it and put, you know, my education's done now. And then, like you say, it might be many years after either you realize the loss of that or the fact that you're coming back to it from a from a sort of a different standpoint, which is then sort of harder to get in. Not impossible, but like you say, I think understanding those things as you so so well put there just means that you get to understand how that how that fits in in your journey. I think that's the thing. It's all part of your journey, despite however it's perceived within within that sort of learning environment. There. Um, is there a resource you, you'd like to share? And it can be personal or professional, but anything from a book, video, song, podcast, but something you think would be interesting for people listening. So, you know, I'm just finishing up a book um, that I was recommended by somebody, you know, who I work very closely with. And uh, the name of the book is called uh, Range. Um, and the author's name is David Epstein. Um, and I love this book for, uh, it really makes a good case that why being a generalist um, is uh, sometimes looked down in our hyper-specialized world, but really pays out well in the long term. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good examples, use cases where people who have been very successful in their lives later on um, always has a, a phase in their lives where they have been generalists. They have really kind of tried different things. Maybe a lot of these, those things didn't work out. But it's so important um, in this day and age where we sometimes kind of really focus on winning in a very small area because we want to be the best of the world in that one particular area, but may not be the really long-term good strategy. So yeah, anybody interested in, uh, in, in this, this kind of a subject, I would highly recommend uh, Range. Fantastic. And we'll have a link to that on the show notes as well. So you can click through and, and, and find that really easily. And and just as, as we um, as we round up here, the acronym FIRE is incredibly important to us here at Education on Fire. And by that, I mean feedback, inspiration, resilience and empowerment. What is it that just immediately springs to mind when you when you hear those words, either one that's more important than the other or, or something which you think uh, just speaks to you? I mean, all those four words, I love it. I think all of those are equally important, but I would say inspiration is something I would, you know, I kind of really connect with a lot. You know, we, we really want to inspire people, uh, our gen especially our next generation to kind of really be lifelong learners. So kind of really as much as we can make sure that they're having a lot of fun uh, in their experience, I'm, I'm fully behind, but I, I definitely love this word fire. Uh, I'll take a note of it and probably use it myself as well. Yeah, please, yeah, please, please do. And, and like I say, it's that sense of that they're all intertwined and and they all kind of work together. And like I say, it sort of it sort of it sort of bookends. I think all the things that we've been talking about um, today, and uh, yeah, it's it's so, it's so in, integral to to what learning is about as that sort of lifelong learner. I think because they all ebb and flow depending on where you are on any given course or any given day or any given year of your of your life as you're going through. Well, Jonak, thank you so much for all that information and, and the inspiration behind it. I just, I, I always just love the fact sort of hearing the personalities and the stories behind 
um, whether it's a company or an organization or a website or, or whatever it happens to be, because I think it really sort of gives that depth and understanding and the passion of what people are doing within education and, and how it's affecting education in a really positive way. So, yeah, thanks so much for sharing it. And just um, make sure that people know exactly where they can find out more about you and, and everything they need to from Yellowdig. Yeah, no, so Mark, thanks for the invitation. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and in terms of finding us, um, you know, the best place is our company's website, which is yellowdig.co. Um, if you go there, you can, uh, you know, find more information about the company, read use cases, case studies, as well as contact us through the website. Um, and in terms of getting hold of me, the best place is probably LinkedIn. Um, you know, look me up, Sean Acroy, and just send me a message and love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again. And I really look forward to seeing how it develops. And, and if anyone there is using Yellowdig, please do get in touch because it'd be fascinating to hear your experience well and and, and how that starts to, to, to get us across the globe as well and sort of hearing how more and more people are being involved. So yeah, really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.